Hey, what's up? This is Bill Burr, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Um, keep listening, because if you're like me, you have nothing better to do. Hello there, I'm P.F. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Rocky Laporte. I think nowadays in this age, P.F., like, it's like, every, like, we want fast food, we want an Uber car right now, we, people want stuff immediately. I think, yeah, and it seems like you've got to bring the funny quick, you know? We'll hear more from Rocky in just a bit. We have a song of the week from Codaline and Tygo. If you're going to dig that, I heard it on BBC Radio 1, as I hear most new tunes. And before that, though, we're going to go to a dumb bit from the archives. So Hurricane Matthew rolled up uh, the East Coast this week at Florida and then continued on up uh, into New England and canceled the Indians game uh, today as I'm recording this. So we're anxiously waiting to see if the tribe can uh, close out the division series. But uh, in any case... I was reminded of a uh, of a dumb bit from a couple of years ago that I really enjoyed making, probably my second favorite dumb bit ever. And uh, with the hurricane, of course, you would think people would be talking about global warming because you know global warming, uh, some scientists say, is uh, you know tied to the fact that some hurricanes are becoming more intense, the ones that we do get. And uh, it reminded me of this thing of the uh, one of the founders of the Weather Channel uh, was out a couple of years ago saying that global warming was a hoax. And uh, well, well, here's the whole bit. It's, I think it's a lot of fun. A big story in conservative media this week was the debunking of global warming by Weather Channel co-founder John Coleman. Well, debunking is a strong word. If you go to the website of the American Prosperity Network, if you already know where that's going to lead, uh, they show an interview with him apparently from a a TV station, I believe it is in Tampa, and uh, they do a Skype interview with, uh, with John Coleman. And, uh, of course, now he is a meteorologist. He has studied weather, so I, you, I guess you could say he's a climatologist. So I, I would believe him, if, if, he is, if he's skeptical about it, then fine, if he's looked at the data and looked at the research. But I don't think he has. He comes up with all these, like, nonsense points, one of which is, uh, I couldn't find the exact clip here in this thing. It's a 22-minute piece, and I didn't have time to go through all of it. But he points out that Antarctic sea ice is close to an all-time high, and the polar bear population is as high as it's been in recorded history. Well, here's the problem with the polar bear thing. Uh, Climate change is not the biggest threat to polar bears. The biggest threat to polar bears has been hunting. And the reason the polar bear population is going back up is because the U.S., Russia, Canada, and I want to say Japan, have all signed a treaty that they're not going to hunt polar bears anymore. And that's why polar bear populations are going up. As far as the uh, Antarctic ice thing, uh, there's a difference between the ice on the land of Antarctica, on the landmass, which is shrinking rapidly, and then the sea ice around Antarctica, which is growing, which is, this is several complicated factors involved in that. Okay, that's, that's number one. Okay, uh, then he comes up with this nonsensical uh, statement about why the, so many scientists say that global warming is real. See me bubbing my fingers? It's like the guy rubbing <laughs> it has become the money. That's what it's all about, the money. $4.7 billion a year of U.S. taxpayer money, yours and mine, is going to global warming research. 
Okay, well, first of all, according to the Scientific American, uh, about a billion dollars has been put up by uh, anti-climate change skeptics. It doesn't make any sense, anti-climate. It's been put up by climate change skeptics. I was a double negative there, sorry. Uh, and I, if his, I couldn't verify his number, but I'll go with this $4 billion. So yeah, that's it's four times more. That's fine, okay. But still, seems to be a lot of money in, in climate change denying, uh, as I see it, uh, particularly from the Koch brothers and from other secret money funds. And Scientific American did this whole thing where uh, Exxon and other people that have traditionally funded uh, climate denying, uh, now the, their donations have gone down, but suddenly uh, money from these uh, dark third-party organizations has gone up mysteriously. Hmm. And what do I always say? Uh, global warming is a conspiracy started by scientists who want to be rich and famous, people like Neil deGrasse Tyson and Bill Nye, and I could go on and on if there were any more scientists who were rich and famous. Okay, so then uh, there's the real gem here, though. Uh, apparently there's some kind of... Well, I'll let you tell. I'll let, uh, I'll let him tell you. And we have 9,000 PhDs in meteorology and science who have signed a petition saying the CO2 global warming thing's nonsense. We have 31,000 scientists in general, people like me, meteorologists, and climatologists, who say global warming is nonsense. So I looked up this petition, and uh, conveniently they list everybody who has signed it, uh, all 31,000 or whatever it is. It's called the Global Warming Edition Project. You can look it up online as well. Just go to your favorite search engine. And uh, I just went through this. It's listed alphabetically. I just went through the first couple of names here and Googled them. And here's what I found out. So my list starts off okay. We have, uh, let's see here, uh, Dr. Paul Bradley Otis, PhD, University of Minnesota. Okay, now we're getting somewhere, but he's a biologist. Hmm. And uh, he's does a lot of research in biology, but not in climatology. So I'm a little skeptical there, if you will. Uh, kind of like asking Al Roker, hey, Al, uh, what do I do? Uh, my, my ficus doesn't seem to be perking up very well, even though I water it every day. What do you reckon? Uh, let me see. Next guy, Dale Alexander. Uh, he <laughs> has a has had a clinical massage therapy practice in Key West, Florida for 26 years. Oh, so a masseuse is a climate expert. Okay. Now, don't get me wrong. This guy has tons and tons of degrees, but it's all for like clinical massage and things like that. So he is a real doctor, but it, he's not a climate specialist. You wouldn't go down to the, the, the tanning salon and say, this global warming thing, what do you reckon? And, and expect to get an expert opinion, I don't think. Uh, let's see. Earl M. Agard. PhD, biology, also a huge anti-abortion guy. Again, not mad at those folks. I totally get the point. But but again, not, not his area of expertise. Here's a good one. Dr. Mumatz Ahmed Salik. Uh, Dr. Mumad Ahmed Salik, it says from uh, the uh, university website he works for, served in University of Punjab for 32 years in the Department of Islamic Studies. He earned his PhD in 2002. His field of specialization is Islam, modern thought, and problems. Well, hey, any port in a storm, right? <clears throat> And then there's Dr. Leonard Coldwell, who is not, in fact, a doctor, though he has claimed to have cured cancer. Apparently, he's some kind of a scammer uh, who escaped Germany. And he's kind of like, I guess, a, a really rogue version of uh, Dr. Oz uh, and has just done uh, allegedly some really awful stuff. Uh, but again, not a doctor, not a climate scientist. So just let me say that when it comes to uh, global warming skepticism, I'm a little skeptical. This episode of PF's Tape Recorder is brought to you by Home Shirts Cleveland. For all of your Northeast Ohio vintage t-shirt needs, visit homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. You'll also find links to the original Cincy Shirts site, as well as Home Shirts Indianapolis, with more cities to come. That's homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. And this just in, go to any of our Home Shirts websites, use the code COMEHOME, all one word, and receive 20% off for a limited time. Now, on with the show. 
Rocky Laporte's a comedian from Chicago, Illinois. You may have seen on Last Comic Standing and several of the late night talk shows. It's always fun talking to Rocky. Uh, he has a Cleveland connection and he did some uh, commercials for one of the stations in Cleveland a long time ago. So we've talked about that in the past. We have kind of a connection there as well. And here now is our interview with Rocky Laporte. Not much, man. Uh, just got your email, and uh, I forgot we were doing this today. Gee, it's been such a hectic week. Oh, yeah, me too, man. I'm sorry. Is everything okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, Mike, just some minor things. My wife broke her iPhone on uh, Sunday, and, of course, that was a big catastrophe. So uh, I worked <laughs> a long... something that, that's the end of the world nowadays. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and it still worked, so she could still use it with the crack screen, but she was all stressed out, and then I, I did my worked my day job and then did trivia, Till nine o'clock, and then you know I came home and had to get her phone set up, and oh my goodness, and she couldn't get her email loaded up. And I used to, I used to think, yeah, like you're saying, it's so funny how that's just, just a disaster now that we didn't have years ago, like at all. Yeah, yeah, it was like no one even thought the, you know, when your parents went out, they went out. There was no way to get a hold of them. Like if they went to a movie or a dinner, yeah. or, you know, you had to try someone's house, and if you didn't get them, you'd yeah. get them whenever, you know. Right, right. You know what restaurant they were going to? Maybe I think. Yeah, we still did that uh, back when my wife and I were first dating. But, uh, you know, mm-hmm. here's here's where we'll be if, he, if you need us. But, yeah, I remember the, the first phone we had was one of those ones in a bag. It looked like a little suitcase. Like you were calling in artillery positions in the Dirty Dozen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh that's funny. <laughs> you get someone to carry it on their back. Yeah. Part of it. <laughs> you get, get a radio man with you when you're going out for dinner. Get me air support. Yeah, oh, that's a riot. Yeah, so what's new with you, man? You you still uh, hanging out in Chicago, or are you st- splitting time between the the uh, Chicago and L.A. or what's what's been happening? Uh, yeah, a little bit of both, you know. Um, but you know what? Uh, September twenty third, I was supposed to be on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and then I found out that I got bumped like about four days before. Like they they told me that they're putting the winner of uh, that girl that won America's Got Talent. Oh, okay. I guess she's like some 13-year-old girl that plays the fiddle. So, uh, <laughs> I know, but this is the only fucking business that could happen in, you know? I know, right? <laughs> Good grief. The first time I did Last Comic Standing, I, the very, I think it was the first or second season, I lost to a stripper, and then the next year I lost to a guy in a gorilla suit. I'm like, are you oh, kidding yeah, me? Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that guy. Uh, uh, what yeah, was... you remember that idiot? Yeah, yeah, and uh, who was, I was talking to somebody else about him, too. Oh, geez. Yeah, I remember that guy. Uh, Silverback? Mel Silverback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, my God. And now uh, some girl with a fiddle knocked me out of But um, they said the good news is um, they said that uh, they're going to reschedule me for sometime in October. So I'm stoked about that. Oh, that's you know, cool. like, uh, yeah, that's great. You know, I'm really happy about that. Yeah, that's that's a uh, that's, that's high profile stuff. There, do they do they do what other? I, I've heard some other people say that when um when they're recruited to be on the shows, that the the talent booker will come out and watch a set and suggest either suggest parts of the set that you do or pick out some favorite jokes or I mean how do, the, how, yeah, how do they... yeah they do. <laughs> Well, you know what I did, actually? I taped, they said, hey, you know, my manager was saying, hey, tape off. They usually want a five-minute set. So I taped, like, an eight-minute set. I sent them extra so they can kind of pick and choose, oh, okay. you know, like, what they like if uh, they weren't happy with the five. 
So I sent them the the video and they loved it. And then they go, hey, like do this five, you know, like even though you know what works better, you right. know, like you can do it in every night for you know your whole career. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you know, sometimes they suggest they go, hey, maybe this joke won't work, and you know, I like, try that joke, huh. but you kind of go along with the thing because you want to, you know, get on television, and then. Some jokes you'll try and fight for, you know, yeah. like if you think they're really good and it's going to kill, but uh, they've been pretty good. They've been actually pretty good to me, you know. Uh, um, is it a television audience like that, a live audience, different than uh, a club audience? Because really that's the, looking for the reaction there. I mean, the, you know, if I guess the, if the audience there in the studio is laughing, the home audience is probably definitely going to laugh. Is that how you think they Yeah, might? usually yeah, usually a TV audience, you know, they're a little bit more stoked, like they're excited to be there and right. stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like for a show like that, like we've done some cable shows where it was like, holy cow, if it was like pulling teeth. Like, uh, <laughs> I remember we did one, it was like a Byron Allen show, and we taped it like at like 8 o'clock in the morning. And oh, jeez. I think these people were out from the night before, they were drunk, <laughs> and they were just coming there for something to eat. Like, it was like, oh, please, man. Please you know? just sit down, yeah. Wow. Yeah, but for the most part, they're pretty excited to be there. And, you know, uh, as long as you're not, like, really bad and nervous, you should do okay, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you remember that years ago, they used to have the woman that sat in the audience at The Tonight Show um, when Carson was doing it, and her job was solely to laugh, and they, they featured her in TV Guide and stuff? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, they, she was a plant in the audience, and her job was to laugh, like, really loud, like this big guffaw, to get the rest Is of the audience right? laughing. Yeah, yeah, and there was, there was an article about her in TV Guide. Holy cow, I'll have to check that out. I didn't know that. that was, you know what, though? I've seen it, like, uh, a couple, maybe like a month or two ago, I was in... Uh, I was in California doing a show, and this lady's laugh, it was so goddamn, like, people were getting annoyed. Like, they were huh. looking at her like, will you just shut up, lady? Like, it was like, uh, it was funny for the first two guys, but by the time I got up there, oh, you know, yeah. like, it was like, oh, man, give it a rest, you know? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, if someone has a funny laugh and it makes other people laugh, it works, right. but I've seen <laughs> it work the other way, too, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, it can be annoying. There's this, uh, I listen to Radio 1 a lot, and there's this uh, feature they do called Innuendo Bingo, where they uh, invite different celebrities, other DJs on, and they play these clips from the radio and TV that sound vulgar, but really aren't. It's just the way that they've taken them out of the uh, out of the interviewer radio piece or whatever it is, and then the idea is they're supposed to spit water at each other, the guy's co-host and whoever the guest is. Well, the one gal they have on, her name is Jamila Jamil, she's a DJ there. She has, like, the craziest laugh, and she hasn't been on in ages, and I always, like, tweet them and say, get Jamila back on, she has, like, the greatest laugh. <laughs> and, um... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it is infectious, you know, if it's right, funny, you know? Right, exactly. But, Someone's um, laugh. Yeah. You know, the first time I did the Tonight Show, I got bumped tw- I didn't get to do it till the third time. Like, and I was... The first time I was there, I was at the studio. I was actually on the set, and you're all ready to go. And then they ran over on time. Yeah. And all my friends were going, "Oh, you know, like did like parties to watch it and all that stuff." Oh, and I wasn't on. Uh. And then they gave me another date, and then they bumped me again. And the third time, I didn't even say nothing to anybody because I was embarrassed at that point. And we shot it that day, and then that night I blasted it out to everybody. I think like, it was my space. It was before Facebook, you know? Yeah. Well, that was not uncommon. Used to, a lot of people used to get, like you said, they'd just run over time and 
and people would get bumped both on uh, The Tonight Show and on Letterman. That was not really an uncommon experience. You had about a, especially if you were uh, like, if you weren't like a, a big, big household name that was still doing stand like a Jerry Seinfeld or something, who they put you on at the yeah. front of the show. If you were on the back end of the show, then yeah, you was, it was like a 50-50 shot you were going to get on. Yeah, you're right about that. So, yeah, it's, we're, we're, I think we're at the bottom of the pile there when it comes to that, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Which is weird for a comedy show. Yeah, because a lot of the guests are usually rubbish. I mean, how many times can you hear these people tell the same story about, you know, the movie they're making or something? Unless, unless there's a chemistry with the host, you know, like Johnny had with yeah. some people, Dave had with some people, you know, it's just... It's weird. But the audience is, they want to keep them on because they're so freaked out of, uh, about their new face job, like how creepy the person looks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's weird. Because as a comedy fan, I would always wait for the, you know, for the comic to be on, uh, whether I'd heard of them or not. And if I had heard of them, then I'd be like, oh, this is going to be great. And if I hadn't heard of them, I'm like, oh, a chance to discover somebody new. How cool is this going to be? You know, and it usually worked out because, of course, those, those shows had a knack for picking, uh, you know, really good talent, of course. Yeah, yeah. Which I think would work mm -hmm. pretty well for you, as opposed to... The, I mean, you can tell a good story, certainly, but you're also very comfortable, you know, knocking out some one-liners if you have to. Yeah, you know what? And it's in, I knew that the first time I did The Tonight Show, they said they wanted to last every so many seconds. Like, oh, I think on most TV, yeah, they want to, like, you know, pick up the pace more. Right. They'd rather have, like, shorter jokes, one-liners, than long stories, you know? yeah. Well, they let Gullman go on uh, Conan O'Brien and tell that story about where he role plays with his girlfriend of being the college professor, and uh, you know, that's having confidence, you know, in somebody. They really had confidence in to knock that out of the park, and he did, thankfully. Because if that wouldn't have worked, man, that was that was the whole thing. There's no switching and getting out of it and going, oh, what else is going on? Yeah, it's, you got to stick with that thing to the end, and it worked for him. So. That's four and a half minutes long. Yeah, 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 exactly. A long way to go. That's how I see. Like I notice with older comics, you know, like when with Bob Newhart and Cosby and all those guys. Like uh, in the old days, like they let those guys do longer. Like the people sat and they waited and oh, they yeah. let them do longer setups. Like they told stories. Yes. But I think nowadays in this age, PF, like it's like every like we want fast food. We want an Uber car right now. We want yeah. and for, like people want stuff immediately. And that is true. I think, yeah, and it seems like you've got to bring the funny quick, you know? To me, anyway, that's what I'm thinking, or people start looking at their phones, you know? Well, it's funny, the same thing in the music business, and I heard this back, and this goes back to, like, 89, 90, is, uh, and, they, and they still do it to this day, you know, the radio versions of songs are cut in a way that it gets to the hook faster. Uh, Is that right? Yeah, yeah. One of my uh, well, actually, I was into this uh, artist before my daughters were, and then embarrasses them. But her uh, her name is uh, Marina, and she goes by the band name Marina and the Diamonds. And uh, the radio edit of her song Hollywood skips an entire verse so they can get to the chorus faster, and that's done strictly Is so that right? because people don't have the patience to wait for her to sing that second verse. Before she gets to the chorus. What scene is that? And Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's just so weird, you know. And then, I guess that's how you have album cuts versus you know radio edits. But yeah, that that was even when I was back in radio in '89. If a song was over four minutes, you had to have a radio edit and you know take something out of it, which is wow. just which was just weird. Now, granted, Money for Nothing is eight minutes long, and yes, certainly you can cut that down to four minutes. There's no need I need to have to hear Mark Knopfler tuning up his guitar and Sting warbling. I want <laughs> yeah. my MTV. I got it. All right, guys, let's let's move. <laughs> but holy cow, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. 
So uh, what else are you up to? You, um, you, you like are you splitting time between Chicago and LA, or um, any projects? Yeah, going I still on? go out there, you know, to audition for junk now and then, and um, I just been working the road a lot, you know. And then this Tonight Show thing came up, and I'm really excited about that. And, uh, and I'm excited about going back to Minnesota. Like that's a great room, and I think I don't. I think I had to move my date there last year, so yeah, I haven't I been see. there in like. It'll be two years, you know, so yeah, I'm looking so, forward to getting back there. That's cool. And wh- when's the last time you were in Cincinnati? I think you were at one of the... We have two funny bones now. They're remodeling the one, and we have one north of town now that's taken... And I forgot you lived... I was at, I was at that Liberty Place earlier right, this right. year. I think like an April or something. Okay, yeah, I think I recycled a Minneapolis interview for that, which is probably why we didn't speak then. Cause, um, oh, that's a nice room. Have you ever been there? No, we haven't yet. We were up in that... We like that shopping center a lot, oddly. But we haven't been to the Funny mm-hmm. Bone yet because there's usually my wife's a tough room, and uh, she and uh, and speaking of, she likes the other room in town better. Go bananas! Um, oh, is that right? Than the one on the levee. Yeah, the levee. I don't know. We're not. I don't want to badmouth those folks, but we're not really fans of that room physically, mm-hmm. and because they're a little loosey goosey on the rules. If there's some table chatter Which going room? on around you, they're not. What, go bananas. No, no, no. Uh, Funny Bone on the levee. Go bananas is a great room. Oh. Yeah, somebody told me that that uh, the like they get like a lot of people over from like you know Yahoo's from Kentucky and you know it's yeah. just kind of well the only guy I ever yeah. spoke to that didn't like go bananas was Emo Phillips. Um, oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, he said he got heckled by a bunch of hoodbullies, and it was the we had had a long conversation, and I I think I I almost cracked through. It's like that episode of Star Trek where uh, the guy like he gets hit by that blast of energy, and for a split second he turns back into Kirk's best friend. But then his eyes glazed over again. Yeah, because he was telling me about being heckled by a bunch of hillbillies there, and he said, I'll never go back there. But he wasn't doing it in the emo character. He was saying it as a real guy. And so for a split second, I I cracked through. And Yeah, but he's the only person that's ever complained about Go Bananas of the, I don't know, how many comics I've talked to now in the past, what how long I've been doing this, uh, 20, almost 20 years now. So... Wow. Yep. I worked there a long time ago at Go Bananas, and it was in, uh, like, the... A ba- I remember going down. Is, it, is that the old place? That must be the old, I think that's the, the old place over on the... Uh, over what we call the Tri-County area, sort of. Uh, it's, uh-huh. it's been in Montgomery for... Gosh, I think... As long as the guy that runs it now has been there, because he said he... Um, we're almost the same age, him and I, and he started as the doorman there uh, because his buddy was working there, and they were shorthanded. And he goes, want to make a couple of bucks tonight? So he said, sure. And now he's the general manager, and the booker, and, and all that stuff. So, oh, is that right? Yeah, and it's a good room, huh? Yeah. Oh, that's a great room. It, again, it's that's one I would say. I mean, I'm painting with a broad brush, but for the comedy aficionado, go bananas is a good room for people who just want to go see a comedy show. Maybe uh, mm-hmm. Funny Bone, you know, it's more the way to go. And a lot of guys, I think, would rather play bananas, but they get stuck, you know, in that in the booking circuit with. The, yeah. with the improv slash funny bone which you know I mean it's yeah. I mean we've had a good time at the funny bone don't get me wrong we saw uh, Jackie Cation there and Greg Warren but again a little loosey goosey with the table talk rules and things like that <laughs> yeah yeah I like um, Jackie Cation's funny I like oh, her oh yeah yeah. Uh, yeah she had she a great, some funny stuff she had a great Conan set speaking of uh, uh, you should check that out if you have a chance Check one out. Uh, when she was on Conan, like last year, I think it was. Now it's been almost a year. Oh really? Oh my God, so good, so so good. Oh, I'll have to check that out. I will. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. She has some really brilliant stuff about 
frozen food and things like that. It was just amazing, you know. Um, so you're still in Chicago enjoying the grandkids then, still? Oh, yeah, man. Everybody's good. And uh, Monday, actually, we're going. There's a big pumpkin patch over here by my house. And, uh, oh, nice. You know, we're all going to go there and, yeah, go on a little hayride. And, you know, that's all fun. I love that stuff. And we do it every year, you know, around Halloween time. So you're still home, what, uh, three, four days a week? And then you're out on the weekends? Uh, it depends. Like, I, I, that's best case scenario. But uh, a few weeks back, I was out like five weeks straight, you know? Oh, geez. And that was kind of a grind. Yeah, because uh, I had like uh, two gigs on the East Coast, and then I had three in a row on the West Coast. And I had a day or two off in between it. But I want to fly all the way back across the country. Plus, it's like not cost-effective, like the... You know, oh, yeah, it takes yeah. a day to fly home and then wash your clothes and then you'd have to fly back again the next day. It's kind of dumb because uh, a lot of these places you're not in a day early to do radio and press, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I just ended up staying on the West Coast and, you know, I had like Monday and Tuesday off and, you know, and then you'd travel to the next gig. But then you have to put yourself up and rent yeah. a car and, you know, Ugh. get... And ran in the money, but it ended up say, getting better than flying your, all the way home. It eats into your profits, yeah. It's like I was, I, when I was doing trivia last night, this is kind of the, a similar thing. Uh, my wife went out to dinner with uh, her mother and my youngest daughter, and uh, she goes, well, you just, just eat it at the, at, the, at the club. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do that. She goes, that's half-price appetizers. Don't worry about it. I'm like, nothing. yeah, but that's cutting into our profits. That's like, that's 15 bucks out of the 55 they're paying me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> such a cheap yeah, skate. Yeah. Yeah. I did anyway, though. Uh, and I had a whole oh, pizza, and I'm not proud of it. Yeah. So, but um, so what do you do on your day off when you're like that far away from home? Do you like sightsee? Do you go to bookstores, coffee well, shop? You pretty much. Uh, I was working with my buddy Ron Morey. We try to work a lot. He he's out of Arizona, you know. So when we do West Coast stuff, we try to work together. Okay. So uh, usually on Monday though, like uh, it ain't really like you're doing your laundry and you're paying your bills and you know like you're you're probably getting to the next city so. Monday's like you're doing all your junk, you know, like you get a lot of stuff to do. And, uh, okay. So you kind of do that, yeah. Or, like, uh, and then if you do get a day off and you're in a city or something early, like, you know, this one we'll do, we'll hang out to a movie or go grab a bike eat or go see the town, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's cool. But, uh, we're in Reno, there's not much to see there. Yeah. My uh, brother lives near there now. <laughs> Is that right? Where at? He lives um, like southeast of Lake Tahoe. Uh, I don't remember the t- oh, name of the little town. It's actually he's closer to Carson City, but he, from his. Oh, front... I mean in Gardnerville. And Gardnerville, yeah. that's it. He lives in Gardnerville. That's I, right. Yeah. I love that town, man. That's a great little town. I got yeah. friends there. He's actually outside of it in a little uh, development, but the, from their front door, they can see the mountains around Tahoe on a clear day, which is most days, thankfully. Yeah. That's a beautiful place, man. You know, one time this was like way back. This was about twenty years ago. Yeah. I was out there, it was in the middle of nowhere, it was like south of there, and it was like, it was like a one-horse town I was in, and uh, I had a horrible toothache. So, it was out in the middle of Nevada, and I, and I went and seen this dentist, like, hey, is there a dentist around here, man? Like, I had a horrible toothache, and I went to see this guy, and this guy was like, he was like the dentist and the sheriff, and, uh, huh. you know, he sold fishing license, and, you know, it was like, the guy did everything, I thought yeah. it was like in Mayberry, you know? <laughs> That's funny. It was pretty funny. I didn't think there was places like that anymore, but uh, that's where he lives, that your brother lives there? Yeah. 
Yep. That's great. I love it over there. That's like one of my favorite places, like going to Tahoe. And uh, there's a casino there called the Carson Valley Inn that I used to play a lot. You know? Okay. That, that's usually a good place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were out for my uh, oldest daughter's high school graduation, and uh, uh, and my wife was kind of hinting, oh, we've never been up to northern Nevada before, kind of hinting to my to, to our sister-in-law. And she wasn't taking the bait. She, I, I thought for sure, she, oh, that you guys should come out. And it's like, because they're very close to her family. And and my wife told me later, she goes, you know, I hinted over and over again, and not once did she say, oh, you guys should come out when you're out there. <laughs> Uh, Which is weird, yeah. You know what you could do, too? You could always stay at the South Shore, like Lake Tahoe, and yeah. then just go over the hill, like rent a car. There you go, hill, visit yeah. Them and go back. Yeah, we might do that, because I'd like to see that part of uh, Nevada and Northern California. We've never been. We're, we've been to you, You'll never regret it, buddy. It's oh, beautiful. Cool. It's like one of my favorite places, you know? Oh, well, cool, man. All right. Well, travel tips from Rocky. That'll... Uh, We'll, we'll highlight yes, that. <laughs> All right, man. Well, good talking to you again. Um, like I said, I hope we'll see you down in Cincinnati here again sometime soon, and uh, we'll come. I know my wife would dig your set. I know she enjoyed you on Last Comic Standing, so it's just a matter of, you uh, know. Thanks, of, man. And uh, we can, maybe if you're at, at the Liberty Funny Bone again, we can finally check out that room, because like I said, we like going up to that area of town. So Okay, I'll let you know for sure. Great. I forgot you're down there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's so weird. I was just making tickets. I'm going I'm gonna be with Ron White at... Uh, the Horseshoe Casino, I think, at the end of the month. Oh, yeah. that's uh, now. I'm, in fact, I have a gig there tonight. I'm doing trivia. Oh, do you really? Yeah, yeah, in the bar. Yeah, this guy was... He's, How uh, is that room? Is uh, that a good room? I don't know what they use for the room there because the music concerts are actually outside. Um, I don't really? know what, I don't know if there's actually an indoor... Uh, I'm going to be at the bar, the rock bar, they call it, so I don't know actually where they're going to have... If it's going to do... If this is going to be an outdoor thing or what, but I remember seeing the, the billboard for Ron White. Ooh, we have to we have to come uh, check that out then. Yeah, uh, it just said I know I'm at the Horseshoe Casino opening for him. And I don't know nothing about the venue. Okay, I will check that out and I'll get back to you. And because I think she would really okay. enjoy that. Hey, you know what I wanted to ask you? Yeah, there's two airports. Like one was close to there, and then the other one was uh, like in Kentucky. Yeah, the, the, our our airport is actually in Kentucky. Oh, okay. Now you, you know, can... I tried flying out of the one that's close. It's like uh, like seven miles well, that away. One's, that it's one's like, in, that one's like in my backyard. Grand. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. There's a place that flies from Chicago to that airport called Ultimate Air Shuttle. Actually, they fly to both. And uh, Ultimate uh-huh. Air Shuttle, and it's, um, I mean, you, if you go on their website, you can usually get a deal. But that would deposit you right, really? they, it's in my suburb, Anderson Township is where that airport is. It's a business airport, but they fly, they're the only uh-huh. commercial airline that flies out of there. But They're more of a business airline. But um, uh-huh. I tried to get my mom down here from Cleveland on that. I said, Mom, you just drive to Burke, have your neighbor drive to Burke Lakefront, which is the little airport in downtown Cleveland and 150 mm-hmm. bucks she could have been like right two miles from my house but she wouldn't do it but anyway if, that, if you're ever flying here yeah it's Lunkin Field and, and for those out there listening uh, Lunkin Field that's the one that the ultimate air shuttle flies into they're going to probably have to pay me now because I'm mentioning them but um, yeah that's the difference uh, and our actual airport is in Kentucky in Cincinnati so it's a uh, it's a long oh, okay. story. Okay, good to know. There. Yeah, I was trying to make flights out of there, and he said that one, that Lunkin, it was like it was like twenty four hundred dollars to fly to Chicago. That's, that's like, surprises me. Like, I didn't, I, I th- like I said, go to, go to the Ultimate Air Shuttle website and see if you can find a deal because they're usually they're always running some kind of special. So uh, maybe you have to book an advance. Did you try to or Midway? Do you know where they fly to? I believe they fly to Midway. I have memory served. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. 
All right, so this is. Yeah, you want to come out at the end of the month uh, and see uh, Ron, I mean, Ron, he's, he's kind of dirty. I don't know if your wife likes that, but. Uh, oh, she'd be fine. If you want a couple of tickets, let me know. I will, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll check her schedule because our, our anniversary is the 31st. We have a wedding the 22nd in Cleveland, so I'll check and see when that is. But uh, yeah, that would definitely take her to see that. Uh, okay, yeah. buddy. All right, awesome, man. All right, I'll check that out and I'll, uh, I'll email you back. All right, it's good talking to you. Good talking to you again, Rocky. All right, bye. Right, bye. Thanks again to Rocky Laporte for being on the show. You can catch Rocky, let's see, in Bloomington, Minnesota, of course, at the House of Comedy, October 20th through 23rd. Then he's featuring for Ron White in Elmira, New York, Hagerstown, Maryland, and Cincinnati, October 27th, 28th, and 29th, all in a row. And then he's back out on his own in Boca Raton, Florida, at the Boca Raton uh, Blocks, uh, Boca Black Box Center for the Arts, November 4th. So, uh, And if you need any other Rocky Laporte appearances, well, please go to RockyLaporte.com. All right, we're running a little late this week. Um, I am sitting here doing this on Sunday night. I had a bedroom to paint and some other things to get to. So, um, yeah, we're running a little bit late. We're going to skip right to the song of the week. Song of the week, I heard on Radio 1 this week. I've been very busy at my day job. I haven't had a lot of uh, time to listen to Radio 1, unfortunately. But... um. I did uh, hear this new track, Codeline I've always been a fan of, of course they're from Ireland, and then Kygo is a Norwegian DJ, and it's another one of these deals where you know it's a DJ getting together with a group, which I think usually these things work out pretty good, uh, I believe. Uh, Get It is a lot of good stuff with people, Calvin Harris and uh, Kygo, no different, doing a song with Codeline. Uh, I did another one too, this one is called Raging, there's another one called Cloud Nine, but we're going to listen to Raging as our song of the week this week from Kygo and Codeline, PF Tape Recorder, so long and thanks for listening. Standing in the cold in the frozen wind I'm leaving you behind but it's not the end No, no, no Walking on a plane as I hold my breath It's gonna be weeks till I breathe again No, no, no I know that you hate it and I hate it Just as much as you But if you can brave it, I can brave it Brave it all for you Call me anytime 